one o'clock on a Wednesday. I mean, it's time for Post to Post. Alan Wishart, Frank Peebles, Red Fair, all set to talk sports. For and, a little while. Yeah. I think it's starting to cool off a little bit. It's only the end of August, but let's talk hockey. Absolutely. Hockey is yes. a topic well, year-round. Yes. We're waiting for a phone call, though. We're kind of hoping, but there is one thing we can talk about is the Spruce Kings. Ah. Yes. Their training camp starts on Friday over at Copar Memorial Arena. Mm-hmm. I remember the name. And, um, again, they're doing what they've done in the past. They're only inviting 35 players to the training camp. So just enough to fill out the two teams for the inter-squad game, which is a good thing. They have to cut down to 25 players. That's, I guess, the new BCHL rules because, of course, now they've gone fully independent. Yeah. So they've got to cut down to 25, I think, before their preseason games even. It's not abnormal. What do you mean? I mean, 20, 25 is yeah. like well, I don't, I don't plus know. or minus one, I think, from the regular. Yeah, I can't remember. but I think 24 was. Yeah. Yeah, but again, it's it's yeah. the ballpark. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's the same ballpark. And, uh, it's the same, same ice arena. What yeah. is a bit odd, though, is that they have so few players there in the first place. That's and what I mean, not, yeah. Not bringing in like 50 guys to try and yeah. I mean, sort out your team. It made sense during Copar. Or COVID. Copar. Yeah. <laughs> During the Copar epidemic. It no, puts it, a, it just it puts a lot COVID. of, it gives me the sense that they have a, a very strong handle on their scouting, that they know yes. within a pretty tight cluster who yeah. they want on their team. Yeah. And the interesting thing as well is in the last week, they've added two new, two more players. Yeah. They added um, Quinn Disher from the Cowardson Valley Capitals. He's actually out of Fort St. John, so he's sort of a hometown guy, if you will. Bit of a head-scratcher there, Yeah, to be well, honest. Looking at it from last year, for future considerations, by the way, just... Yeah, they give up because it, yeah. he's playing in his 20th year, he's yes. in his 20-year-old year. Yeah, he's committed to Michigan Tech for next season, 2024-25. Last year, he started the season with the Trail Smoke Eaters. Uh... 21 games there, 6 goals, 8 assists. So that's not bad. Then he went to the Brooks Bandits of the Alberta Junior Hockey League for 8 games. Got 2 assists. Then he came back to Cowhogan Valley for 21 games and got 4 goals and 8 assists. So, Me. Yeah. he's uh, Overall, he is um, less than a half point per game player in yeah. the BCHL. And... <coughs> Boy, he better be a spark plug. Is all I'm thinking. Yes. Because, and I don't know this kid. I don't. I haven't no. seen him play. But uh, when you don't produce like that, and you are in your age twenty year, I'm yeah. making a wild guess that he's probably a character guy and character and, guy. Maybe a defensive forward, a good checker, maybe a spark plug of yeah, some perhaps. Kind. Yeah, that's the best we can hope, though. I mean. It, Whatever no, okay. they yeah, see well, something yeah. in him, and exactly. far yeah. be it from me. I mean, one thing we can we can definitely trust Mike Hawes on <laughs> that's scouting abilities. Yeah. Well, the proof is in the pudding, as well, they say. That's we just haven't seen his pudding. No, no. Okay, here Mike has. We're going to keep we're going to keep talking hockey, but we're going to switch gears. Okay, joined on the phone now by Cole Wally. Hey, Cole, with the direct, director of broadcasting communications and public relations with the Prince George Cougars. And Cole, it's getting to be that busy time again. 
Yeah, it is. Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, mm-hmm. nice to be back on the program. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, very exciting. First day of training camp kicks off today with uh, sign-in and, and off-ice fitness testing. And then the ice times get going tomorrow, which is open to the public. So things are, are ramped up now and, you know, obviously ready for a really big season. 23-24 is our 30th anniversary. So um, it's a very exciting time and looking forward to getting it started. Now, quickly, with the 30th anniversary, before I forget, you guys are changing your uniforms a little bit for that. Yeah, so that got released earlier this week, our 30th anniversary logo. It just uses a shoulder patch mm-hmm. uh, on our jerseys. So uh, on the red and white jerseys, you'll see that that shoulder patch there. So, yeah, that's very exciting. A lot of thought really went into it and uh, looks really good on our ice. Um, so it's going to be used in the various uh, situations. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, and it, we think it resembles you know, all 30 years of Cougars hockey, when you just look at the logo in general, it's kind of got that diamond-style logo, mm-hmm. which the team wore for, for the bulk of years here, and then also including, you know, the, the logo that we use now. So, yeah, it feels like it has a little bit of everything in it, and I don't think it, you could have picked a perfect, more perfect one. Okay. And now, Cole, you've been with the team for a couple of years now, correct? Yeah, I'm going into my second year, yeah. Okay. Now, so last year, when, you, when they did the off-ice training on the first day of training camp, was there anybody who failed the training and just didn't come back for the rest of the training camp? <laughs> no, I think everyone uh, did a really good job uh, from what I've heard. And, you know, I've got to see some of it downstairs already this year, and you know, everyone seems in shape. And it looks like a, the, you know a lot of the guys had a really good summer, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're working hard down there. You know, it's, you know the whole the whole nine yards, and you look at the bench press, the assault bike, and a lot more. So there's vertical tasks like it's very. Uh, uh, high tech here, and you can tell the guys are in shape and ready to go. Now, they're going to get split. How many guys are at training camp? I believe we're just over 80, so there's five teams here, and then there's going to be the prospects game also tomorrow, the top prospects game. So, um, yeah, a, a lot of kids here that have that registered or signed up. Yeah. And then you've got the four teams they split into for the actual training camps. Have those four teams already been picked out? And they can, is it a separate one of the Cougars coaches for each of those teams, or how does that work? Yeah, the teams the teams are all uh, assigned, so we'll put that on our social media mm-hmm. uh, in the near future here. It'll come out today. And um, the majority of our scouting staff is actually up here for the weekend, so uh, they'll be kind of scattered and coaching different teams. So that's kind of how it looks. And now, how did they come up with the names for the teams? Connolly, Buffalo, Chara, uh, Mason. Where did you guys come up with these names? Yeah, just <laughs> some of the biggest alumni that, that we've had come through here. So uh, I think that's kind of what went into those names. It's kind of yeah. been the, the norm here. And then you have the, the Rob Charney Cup, which is Sunday night, which is Sam Hughes for Brewer. Um, so, yeah, it just, I think, it resembles some of the most influential alumni that the Cougars have had over their 30 years. Okay, so now what is the schedule? Because I understand everything, of course, at CN Center, and all of the on-ice stuff is open to the public, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. Um, so all the ice times do start tomorrow. Uh, the on-ice practice of fitness test, or uh, on-ice fitness testing, and then there's a top prospects game tomorrow, which includes the 08 and 07 draft classes. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun to watch. It'll be cool to kind of see the future of the Cougars uh, all playing against each other <laughs> tomorrow night. So um, I think that'll be very cool to see them on display, but yeah, that's kind of how it's looking. It's all open to the public uh, starting tomorrow. And now, with the Prospect Showcase, they're playing each other tomorrow night. Are those the younger players who are not going to be sticking around for the main camp, or are some of them still going to be around for the main camp? No, everyone's going to be here for camp. Okay. They're all assigned on the regular teams also with the alumni. 
this is just the one game that's kind of separated from the top prospects. So they'll still be on a regular team throughout the, the entirety of the camp. Uh, but just this one game, it'll be uh, Team Bougard versus Team Sur. <laughs> Gee, again, I wonder where those names came from. Yeah, yeah, good alumni also. Yes. So now, and then you guys don't have a heck of a lot of time because then the the inter-squad games, you said Team Brewer versus Team Hamhuse is Sunday evening, and like what, the next weekend, you guys are on the road for the preseason. Yeah, preseason starts next weekend in Port Coquitlam. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were there last year also, nice little rink there in Port Coquitlam, very new. Um, so we'll play Vancouver and Victoria there. And the following week, we're actually right back on the road in Grand Cash, Alberta, to play Edmonton. So, yeah, it's a busy two weeks, and it's exciting to get back to hockey again. But, yeah, we'll be on the road starting next week, and it's crazy how how quick things turn around. So that'll be a very exciting two weeks to, again, kind of see what the team has. And then regular season, September 22nd here at the yeah. Center. So, uh, yeah. Very exciting. This is such an exciting time of year and a busy time of year. And busy for guys like you. Yeah, oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. things are ramping up here. We took our headshots today for training camp of all the kids, so we're arranging that to get that on the, on the Jumbotron. So there's just a little a tip of the iceberg of what's uh, on my flight, but uh, it's exciting. Um, wouldn't want it any other way, that's for sure. Now, after the um, training camp wraps up on Sunday, Will the coaches and the and probably the scouts get together at that point and cut down to a certain number for the preseason? Yeah, yeah, they will. So I think they'll actually narrow it down a little bit going into the final, the the, the final game, the mm-hmm. inter squad game, obviously. And then yeah. I'm assuming they'll they'll select their preseason roster from there. So I think that's kind of how it looks. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, it'll be a competitive camp. That's what I'm mm-hmm. excited for. I'm excited to see the guys compete. Uh, the returning guys, the new guys, the, the prospects. Like it, it's a, it looks like a very competitive camp. So um, that's always fun. It's, I love seeing you know these young kids compete. It's uh, fun to see. There's jaws on the line, and we'll see who's able to earn it. Now, so today then it's a busy day for you and the rest of the staff there. But there's nothing on the ice, so it's probably a little bit more laid back. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But you know, <laughs> I think we're office staff. Like it's yeah. been a there's been no real days off here. Um, it, it, it's been a grind in the best way possible. Everyone's so committed here, um, you know, from the on ice to the, the coaches to the business staff here. Like, everyone seems like they're all on the same page, which I think is a huge part in the success of an organization. And I think we're all uh, pulling on the same rope as all that cliche goes. Yeah. But I feel like it's been a, a really fun and productive summer and now ready to get going again for the 30th year anniversary big year for the team obviously after coming off uh, a big playoff round win last year before running into the, the mm-hmm. Thunderbirds but um, coming into to year 30 trying to build off a success from last year and yeah very exciting time to, to be in Prince George So what was it like for you when especially some of the veterans started showing up the guys you knew from last year was it they go hey how you doing what, you, what are you doing over the summer yeah, 100%. That's exactly what it is. You know, you have a, have a relationship with these guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, it was great getting to, to know everyone last year. And I think that's another big thing, right? Like having all the familiarity with all the returning players, uh, even the prospects that were here at camp last year. Like it, a lot of returning faces along with new faces. But yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see, you know, the everyone back from, from last year, essentially. Like obviously, um, you look at the, the top guys with, you know, Riley Height, Cohen Zemer. Mm-hmm. 
Because all these guys are here, so um, it's just it's great just to see everyone back. And um, yeah, it's nice to have that familiarity without question. So now, when do they expect the guys like Height and Zimmer? Because I'm guessing those two, especially, and probably some others, will be heading off to NHL training camps. When does that start? Yeah, that'll probably kick off. I'm assuming in mid September. So um, we'll see if they'll be here for the home opener. I know. Last year, we kind of ran into that problem with Tyler Brandon, Ethan Sampson, Ty Young. They were all at their respective camps to kick off the season. Wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of the, the same year coming into this year. But um, obviously, a long year and uh, very exciting for them, right? Getting hearing their names again at Joe Draft. Those those two kids earned it, and obviously, Ty Young will probably be back at Canucks camp also. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see uh, what the roster looks like come home opener with potentially those guys still at camp. But I guess only time will tell. Okay. Cole Waldy with the Cougars. Thanks very much for taking the time, and let's get back to it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, so busy time of year for the Cougars, staff, and everybody. Yeah, when you uh, hear that there's 80 guys at the camp, yeah. that just uh, further points out the uh, the anomaly that the Spruce Kings are, are yeah. choosing to go with. Yeah. But again, as Cole was saying, they've got all their, there's basically probably almost their, all their scouting staff is in as well. So you're thinking, okay, of the 80, how many of them are like the 15, 16, 17 year olds who are maybe not going to be on the team this year, but they want to get a look at for a future? Absolutely. Yeah, this is a key time of year, even though it goes by quickly and yeah. it's really quickly oh, forgotten oh, by yeah. the fans. It's uh, an absolutely pivotal time of year for yeah. for the uh, the scouting staff and the management of of a WHL team. Yeah, I think the problem I think that fans of the Cougars have had for a number of years now is we've had what at most one preseason game in Prince George. Yeah, like it's a been a long time since. A lot of times, the last weekend of the preseason, they play in Kamloops and Kamloops plays here, or the other way around. Yeah, but that's been it. And again, this year. Uh, four preseason games, but two in Port Coquitlam and two in Grand Cash. It seems to be the way it's going right now to have these centralized uh, preseason yeah. camps because, frankly, it's not for the fan. The no. fans do not show up for these games, no. so they're not money makers, no. uh, and it's very expensive to to yeah. hold these camps. So it makes a lot of fiscal sense for mm-hmm. teams, especially in small markets, to move to a, a central location and play each other a lot. Yes. Because it really is about getting a look at the players. Yeah. And again, though, if the past is anything to go by, there will be a fair number of fans showing up for the uh, inter-squad games, and especially the intra-squad game uh, Sunday night at 6 with Team Brewer versus Team Hamhuse. And to be honest, as a oh. fan, I want to see that more than oh. seeing yes. some you know other out-of-town team come yeah. in where uh, you're pretty much assured that 60% of them aren't going to make the team anyway. No, it, I'd rather watch that inter-squad game and see potential Cougar versus potential Cougar. Yeah. And it, it, it's got to make it tough on the coaches, though, because as Cole was saying, you've got the, the Heights and the Zimmers and Ty Young all back for training camp, but there's a good chance that mid-September, possibly right in the middle of your preseason schedule, they're going to be gone to the NHL camps, and now all of a sudden you've got holes to fill on your roster for the season opening games. Absolutely. Anything can happen to those NHL camps, too. I remember when I was working for the Cougars, we had, um, it was Aaron Foster at the time, was Mm -hmm. a highly touted forward, Mm -hmm. and uh, out of, uh, where was he from? Lloyd Minster, yeah. Okay. And uh, he 
went, he got invited, uh, he wasn't drafted, I don't think, no. but he got invited by the Islanders to come to their camp, and many players did. There were five or six Cougars that were at yeah. NHL camps. And uh, the cuts get made, and the cuts get made, and the cuts get made, and he kept not getting cut by the <laughs> Islanders. Yeah. And so the season is about to start, and he's still with the Islanders, and it's starting to look like, holy Maybe. cow, he Maybe. might break yeah. camp with the freaking <laughs> Islanders. And then he broke his leg. Oh, And so he became a statistician for the Cougars for about <laughs> six weeks. <laughs> Because he had to stick with the team at that point, yeah. right? The, the Islanders sent him back, and he, he was in a suit for the for the uh, Cougars for the first month or more, wow. more than a month. Yeah. It was a bad break, too, I remember. But uh, he made the most of it as a quasi-coach. I'd love to know what he's doing now, actually. Kind of like the, uh, the neighbor that borrows uh, a piece of equipment from you. Uh, here's your player back. Uh, yeah. Sorry we broke it. Sorry we broke it. Yeah, <laughs> broke it bad. But this is that time of year, though, where you've got that real trickle-down effect going. Like the NHL camps, as you said, they make cuts. A lot of those guys end up going back to their junior teams. Some of the guys who are in the junior teams are up there from, say, the Caribou Cougars, U18 team. They end up getting cut from the Cougars when the guys come back from the NHL camps. So now they go back to the Caribou Cougars, but that takes another week or so, so... I know the one year, I think it was when Trevor Sprague was actually the GM of the Cougars specifically, the Caribou Cougars. Um, it was like a month into the season, and he still didn't know for sure who he had on his team. Because Absolutely. Because there were a couple of guys who were still probably coming back. I remember my oh. my oldest son got caught in that pinch, too. He yeah. was a prospect for a junior team in Kelowna. Oh. And uh, on the bubble, and yeah. Kelowna's a highly prized place for mm-hmm. junior players to play and so once those cuts get got made uh, th- there were just too many people knocking on their door and he got bumped and he yeah. got on with the team in Vancouver Island instead but yeah. his first choice was was uh, Kelowna mm-hmm. and uh, there were just so many cuts made at higher level camps and players just kept arriving so <laughs> yeah it's a it's a numbers game for everybody yeah okay well the numbers say it's time for us to take our first break when we come back we're going to keep talking hockey on post to post in a confused and broken world truth hope and light are found in the gospel the good news of jesus christ the king of kings and lord of lords Join us Sundays at 7 p.m. as we host Pastor Chris Gordon of Abounding Grace Radio. Pastor Gordon preaches from all of the scriptures with a special focus on how they testify about Jesus. Brought to you by Prince George Canadian Reformed Church. Don't miss Abounding Grace Radio Sunday evenings at 7th here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Summer isn't quite over yet, but Two Rivers Gallery has registration available for their fall programs. Favorites like art disco and Saturday morning art classes return. There's also intro to life drawing and modeling, a brand new free class, and so many more exciting programs to keep you busy during the harvest month. Find the full list of classes and programs for children, families, youth, and adults under Learn and Engage at tworiversgallery.ca. Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in Canada Games Plaza. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, cloudy with a 30% chance of showers, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon, local smoke, a high of 21. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming cloudy near midnight, local smoke, a low of 9. On Thursday, clearing in the morning, local smoke, wind to the north at 20K in the afternoon with a high of 22. And 
back with some more on Post to Post. Alan, Frank, and Reg in the studio today. Full house, basically. Um, Cougars, I made a couple of notes about their regular season schedule, hmm. uh, which starts, as Cole was mentioning, uh, September 22nd and 23rd at home against Tri-City. They ha- Their longest homestand is five games which itself is kind of unusual because I seem to recall, they, well, of course, the one year they had like about an eight-game homestand the year that the uh, Women's Worlds were here, the curling, because they had to fit all their home games in around that. But they got a five-game homestand, and it's early, October 3rd to 11th. So five games in, what is that, the nine nights at home. And they've got two That's five a games. lot of, but that's tough on a oh, junior yeah. hockey player. Yeah, the good news is, of course, you're not traveling, though. Yeah, but yeah, still, it's, you're it's getting way better than, up. It's way better than the Eastern Swing. They, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've got the Central Division is their Eastern trip as such. October 28th to November 4th, and they've got five games there as well. And that's, again, what, eight days. Five games in eight days, but you're traveling. Yeah, and there's always a toss-up. Some players respond better to that yeah. travel because they're away from their familiar routines and distractions and all the other things, the family stuff and the school stuff and whatever. Yeah. You're just on the road, on the bus with the guys playing hockey. Yeah. That's it. And some players thrive on in that scenario, yeah. and other people want home cooking. Yeah. And a lot of coaches have said they like to have that type of road trip early in the season for that team bonding. Oh, yeah. Get everybody together on the road where they have to learn to live with each other. Yep. On and off the ice. Their other five-game road trip, end of January to beginning of February, heading down to the U.S. and then stopping in Vancouver on the way back. So, again, five games in about eight days again. That seems to be their standard number. Huh. So, they're playing eight games against every other team in the B.C. division. Four at home, four on the road. Makes sense. Four games against each team from the U.S. division. And that's more games against the U.S. division than it was last year. Hmm. Because the U.S. has six teams now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. They, I wonder if the Cougars coaching staff is going to be checking with the Spruce Kings coaching staff on where the best restaurants are in Wenatchee. <laughs> I, be, I bet. You know. But, uh, and there yeah. aren't such problems with passports right now. No. No. And the Spruce Kings, of course, don't have any trouble with passports this year. Well, except for... I think they've got their, their one, the showcase. Yeah. I think the showcase during the season is in Wenatchee. No, it's in Seattle. Seattle, yeah. But with the Spruce Kings, as we were talking about earlier, they added the two new players. Their training camp starts on Friday with 35 players. They've got their interest squad game set for Sunday at 5. And basically right after that game, they have to cut down to 25 players because that's the BCHL's player limit now. And they, again, their preseason starts the following weekend. The 8th in Chilliwack, the 9th in Langley. And then, as you were saying, it's like a get-together. They go down to Trail. On the 14th, they play Cranbrook. On the 15th, they play Trail. And on the 16th, they play Powell River. I guess it does sort of make sense because it gives Powell River the chance. It's a long trip. It's a tricky. But they get to play three games. It's a tricky life for Powell River because they got to take two ferries yes. to get to the lower mainland yeah. even though they're on the lower mainland i know and that's yeah. just tucked into the back corners of hockey there yeah then, but great community very oh, yeah. very hockey centric oh, yes well some people it's, it's the old line well what else is there to do in powell river <laughs> log yes uh 
Uh, Spruce Kings open their season, regular season, in Salmon Arm on September 23rd. First home games, interestingly enough, not a doubleheader. They play Chilliwack on September 29th and Merritt on September 30th. So you've huh. got two different teams making the trip up for the weekend, which is... And Merritt, I'm trying to remember now, I don't... Did they? I can't remember if the BCHL juggled their divisions with Wenatchee leaving or not. I don't think they did. I can't recall. No. Because... Um, I don't. I can't remember right off the bat if Chilliwack and Merritt are in the uh, Spruce Kings division or not. If one of them was in the division, you would think it would make more sense for them to come up and get two of their games. Divisional yeah, it, it actually strikes me yeah. that they're probably not in the division. No. Or they would have doubled it up because yeah. you want to get those divisional matchups. Yeah, there's a lot of games to play against divisional divisional rivals. Yes, especially well, and those teams don't like this travel this oh, trip up. Let me tell no. you, it, it's not. Not their favorite road trip to come all the way up here. So no. when they make that trip, they want to get more than one game in if they can. Yes. If it's necessary. And with them, it's not quite as bad to some extent, but they also probably don't really like the trip to Powell River for the same reason you were talking mm. about. If you're in Powell River, well, it's the same with them. Yeah. They've got to make those two ferry trips to get to Powell River to play. So you don't want to make those two ferry trips, play one game in Powell River, and then go back and say play Nanaimo or Victoria or somebody the next day. And the way BC Ferries has been behaving oh. in the last months, you almost want to charter your own ferry to get up there yes. if you're playing the Lower Mainland. Yeah, if you could get a little bit more money, charter your own plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what the airport would be like in Powell River. Yeah. A lot of mountains there. Yeah. Okay, so you got to have a really good pilot. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> or parachutes, lots of parachutes. Yes. <laughs> I, the equipment would be a problem. Big pallet shoot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Now we're getting just a little bit off topic. Alex Coventry. Yes. Yeah. That's why we didn't mention him yet. Welcome to the Spruce Kings, Alex Coventry. All six foot five of you at, at the age tender of, age of seventeen. Yeah. Played last year with the Northeast Chiefs of the BC Elite Hockey League. So it's the same league as the U eighteen. Caribou Cougars. Caribou Cougars, yeah. And I saw him play okay. two years ago. Okay. And he was tall then, and yes. uh, he stood out. He's a standout oh. player. Yeah. Obviously not. not offensively standout. No, I was supposed to say two goals, 36 games last year, which I think is basically a full schedule. That's a full, yeah. That's two goals and nine assists. So, But that's not what his game no. is. His game is shut down. He's a rangy, oh. rangy guy, and he's not yes. afraid to use the body. So he clears the danger zone, and... Mm -hmm. He also retrieves pucks. He's very valuable for, for uh, restoring puck possession yeah. in your own end. And uh, I think that the Cougars are, or sorry, the Spruce Kings are mm -hmm. wise to, to collect him up and, yeah. and roster him. And uh, the one quote from Alex even in the press, in the media release on him was, uh, we welcome him to the team. And he said, he's got the size and reach you can't teach. That's right. Which is what it comes down to. It's like they say, you can't teach size. No, nope, but you can sure uh, play with – you can underutilize yourself. Oh, yeah. He, but from my estimation and what I saw, the limited time I saw him, yeah, uh, he, he doesn't fall into that trap. He, no. He's uh, he's just a very good hockey player. Yeah. Now, yeah. do you think teams are adjusting more, if you will, to taller players, especially since guys like Chara came along? I do, but I also think they're going the other way and adjusting to small players. Mm, yes. I think that the uh, 
that the way that rules, basically they're applying rules now they always should have been. They were always mm-hmm. written. They just didn't bother to apply them. So yeah. I think now you, as, a, as you're constructing a team, you have the ability mm-hmm. to have a real potpourri of players. And if you yeah. have a, lo- a larger player, who do you pair them with? Or it it yeah. becomes more <laughs> of a chess game based on what you have in hand, not just, uh, well, just get the big guy. Yeah. It's it's really a matter of playing to the strength of the people that w- are willing to come and play for your team mm-hmm. that you've got you've scouted you've acquired whatever and uh, from a fan's point of view I think it's a much more exciting brand of hockey yeah. and uh, yeah. I'm just really interested to see how Alex can, uh, wow. translates his game to what is going yeah. to clearly be a higher level of hockey. It'll be, it'll be interesting because I'm assuming he will be here this weekend for the training camp. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see at 17, he could stick around. Or he might be one of those guys where they're saying, okay, we've got to look at him. We're going to send him back, play his final year in the BC Elite Hockey League. But we've got him on our list now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, one thing I will say, though, is uh, we I think unless there's some generational talent, we've mm-hmm. seen the end of of um, Mike Vernon-sized, Arthur's Urbay-sized oh, goaltenders. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we are going to take another quick break, and we'll be back with some more on Post to Post. The next BC Old Time Fiddler's Dance is Saturday, September 9th from 7 to 11 at the Elks Hall. Come out to enjoy a night of dancing and fun with live music from members of the local Fiddler's group. Tickets available at the door are just $10 and include an ice cream snack. Children get in for free. That's the BC Old Time Fiddler's first dance of the season, Saturday, September 9th from 7 to 11 at the Elks Hall, 663 Douglas. At 11.45 p.m. on Tuesday, August 1st, the Prince George RCMP was called to the 1800 block of 1st Avenue where a pedestrian crossing the road was struck by an oncoming vehicle. Police are looking for anyone who may have witnessed the incident or anyone with dash cam footage which may have captured the event. If you have any information that will assist in this investigation or any criminal offense, please contact the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300. Short breaks. we got to be careful yes. not to talk too much because it throws the operator off. I know. We we're talking about def- body types and how golf accepts them all. Yes. Well, they accept no. them. They, they <laughs> don't necessarily perform well. Well, I don't know. All you got to do is look at John Daly. Well, that's true. <laughs> but there's a huge man with yes. a lot of a lot of weight behind his shot. Grip it and rip it. Yeah, yeah. Didn't last for very long though. Really, you, you put uh, uh, Alejandro Kirk on the golf course, and <laughs> there might be a different different situation. Yeah. You know, I actually have to. That's a great segue to a thought I was having. Um, John Schneider. Is getting criticized at yep. the and mm. shouldn't you for the the move that he made last night. The I, move I, he didn't make last night. I His read, reasoning was bang on. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I when read, you're down by two. I read the Yahoo Sports uh, guys' uh, whole thing, and I thought, you know what? You can't play for the eleventh inning when you're down by two. It's not about the eleventh inning. Well, that's one of it's the about lame, who's going to catch for you. Yes, and that's one of the lame excuses he had. What? What I don't I like, thought, I thought and this Kirk plays was, into a I role. I thought Kirk was DHing. Um, I'm not sure if he was DHing. Or I not, believe he was. Yeah. At any rate, 
and and Jansen, when you're down by two, Danny Jansen was behind the plate. You can uh, you can definitely crack one off. Deep oh, sure. enough. Sure, you can. Yeah, but and they he didn't. almost he almost made it, even though it was a shallow shot. Yeah. And uh, yeah. for the fans listening who don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> the Blue Jays were down by two runs, and eighth Alejandro Alejandro Kirk was on third base as a base runner. Yeah. Dalton Varsho came up to bat, hit as he should hit hit a, a what he'd hoped would be a sacrifice fly. It just wasn't quite deep enough, and by not quite, I mean just by a quarter second of a throw. It's um, yeah, yeah. and your bench is short. I mean, that's the other, and that's the real reason they had so many injuries. Your bench is short. If they pull Kirk out, who you gonna put in? You put in the kid from AAA who had twenty three steals in AAA, had plenty of speed. You throw him into the DH spot. You still have Jensen uh, catching, so there's no defensive liability there. You've got speed at third, and we're talking the eighth inning. That batter's not coming up again unless they get to the 11th. So, yeah, you get that extra run. You've tied the game. You might get into extra innings, but, yeah, you might go for it. Yeah, it, play the uh, odds, I, and the odds were in his favor, and he it almost uh, worked. I don't think they were because you're looking yeah. at Alejandro Kirk, who is what the fourth slowest player in the major leagues of baseball, <laughs> and he still almost almost did it, and bats two oh four. Isn't and that so, weird though? He bats two oh four this year. Well, this is August. We're yeah. talking just August. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just in August. Okay. It's yeah. he's a he's and a strange case. He should be batting better. He and many other Blue Jays right now are not batting their potential. And no. that's my other but point. The thing is, your 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 potential betting, is you're betting that your great batters are going to do what they've con- continually failed to do. <laughs> but you and have get to. that hit there. You yeah. have to. Ah. And Varsho did the job. Well, yes. if it hadn't been Kirk on first, yeah, even he with did. Kirk yeah. there, uh, well, no, <laughs> Kirk did all he could and still couldn't score. Well, this, as long to as me, we- goes back to the real problem with the scenario, and that is they should never have made that trade to get to send uh, Gabriel Moreno to get Varsho. They and gave up two outstanding players for one middling player, mm-hmm. yeah. who just happened to be. A lefty bat. That's the only yeah. upside to Varsho. Yeah. Anyway, prediction: uh, Jays won't make the playoffs. Yeah, it's a Schneider's game gone. Two and a half. That's my yeah. prediction. Two and a half games I, out now. Yep, I think you're uh, bang on. I thought it was three and a half. Two and a half from the wild card spots. Oh, I got the standings here. It says otherwise. They were two and a half out going in last night. I don't know oh, what they happened. are. Three and a half today. out of the wild card. Oh, they have to win right now. seventeen games, I think, basically to reach the ninety they've, mark. They've got a yes. huge, like they've the only way they're no the only way they're making it is if every player on that team all of a sudden starts playing as well as they can. Yeah, yeah, every player. Not just three or four. Yeah, yeah, and right? that's the job of the manager to, or the, at least the coaching staff, and to make them my all prediction that work Schneider's together. Got at the end of yeah, season. he's clearly not done the job. Now let's get back to local baseball. Yes, yeah, we're going to talk baseball because the uh, Prince George Senior Men's Baseball oh. League down to the last few. I, I was going to stay at the the minor league level. Okay, well let's do yes. that first. Okay. All right, let's talk about uh, our boy Jared Young. Jared Young. Yep. Not 
doing quite as well in Iowa this time around. Uh-oh. He's batting under, under 300 now. Oh. Still, 296. <laughs> 296. Yeah. Man, um, that kid's good. Slugging 407. On, or sl- sorry, on base 407, slugging 506. Uh, 11 Fantastic doubles, numbers. One triple, 13 home runs, 51 runs scored, 52 RBIs. For him and a lot of other guys at the AAA level especially, they're going to be keeping a close eye on their phones on Friday. Yeah. Because that's the day that the, the loss September expand by only two players, though. They go from 26 yeah. to 28. I actually predict he's not going to get called up. I don't think, I think he is no. because he's uh, not I, a prospect anymore. No, I think he's uh, also. I think he lost a lot of confidence. Uh, yes, at the, the major league I think level, the Cubs might have lost some confidence too. Well, yeah. both ways, and uh, like we talked, he's uh, two ninety six now. You said his batting yes. average, but he when he went when he back went back to AAA, it was what three three ten about three ten. Yeah, so he's yeah, lost about three ten. Yeah. So even at, having gone down there, he hasn't. Uh, picked up where he left off, no. so I think he's lost a lot of confidence, and it's tough to see. But it might be uh, okay next year. Start yes. over spring training, get into it. Yeah, and yeah. Know, on the really flip side, when I say he's not a, a a prospect anymore, that to me anyway tells me that he's not really in line to get called up. They'll want to call up somebody yeah. who's going yeah. to develop and, yeah. and, and who they're they trying to bring in. Before. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. But the upside to his age position is that he is smart, intelligent, experienced, yeah. and he's the kind of guy who will take his lessons and spend that off season yeah. developing. And next year he could come out smoking. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And that's where I say where uh, sort of a restart next spring, yeah, and get back and let's into not it. forget that his NHL NHL, NHL. sorry MLB uh, <laughs> performance, although it had its bumps, also had its had some pretty great, yes, amazing great time. start, yeah. So yeah, uh, he's so we'll have to see what happens. But speaking of uh, Jared Young and okay. his team, we'll make sure. it fairly short because we've got an interview lined up that I have to phone in a couple of minutes. Sweet. Okay, fine. Anyway, Chicago <laughs> Cubs, and this also, uh, well, might bode well for them because they don't really need them right now. No. They are on fire, seven and, and three in their last ten. Uh, they are uh, one game ahead of the last uh, wild card spot, and they're not that far behind Milwaukee either. No. So they're and we're talking they about just the management took two games system. out of, of yeah. Milwaukee. There's so. a team where. All of the players, or at yeah. least a significant number of the players, are playing at or above their mm-hmm. regular potential. Yeah, so, they've put it together big yeah, time. They're they're rolling, not because of one or two players. No. Okay, we are going to take another quick break. When we come back, with any luck, we'll be talking soccer. Theatre Northwest has long been committed to being an accessible venue and have now completed an improvement for patrons who are hard of hearing. Their new hearing loop is a major upgrade from the old FM hearing assist system and enables those with hearing issues to enjoy the Theatre Northwest programming with audio clarity and comfort. Full details on the new hearing loop system are available on their website, theaternorthwest.com. While there, pick up a season's pass or tickets for Mousetrap, on from September 14th to October 4th. This year's team of riders for the annual Cops for Cancer Tour to North is set. The team will spend the next six months training and fundraising as they prepare to cycle over 800K across seven days in September. 
Funds raised go towards life-saving childhood cancer research and Camp Good Times. The Tour de North team will set out on September 15th from Prince George and finish in Prince Rupert on September 21st. To learn more about the program or to donate, please visit tourdenorth.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, cloudy with a 30% chance of showers, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon, local smoke, a high of 21. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming cloudy near midnight, local smoke, a low of 9. On Thursday, clearing in the morning, local smoke, wind from the north at 20K in the afternoon with a high of 22. And back and on the phone now with Neil Sedgwick, the coach of the UNBC women's soccer team. Good afternoon, Neil. Good afternoon, Alan. So, opening weekend of the season, not the results you were hoping for. No, definitely not. I mean, you you never go into a weekend uh, thinking or hoping that you're you're going to lose, and mm-hmm. you always you always want to get the positive results. And um, we knew it was going to be tough on Friday night um, against probably going to be number two, three in the country when the rankings come out, uh, Trinity Western. Um, so we knew it was going to be tough. Um, and then Fraser Valley on the Sunday, and um, that was that was a tight game, but it sh- really showed our promise um, as, far as, as far as where we sit within the conference. Now, the other thing with the Fraser Valley game was um, that was a fairly hot day afternoon. Yeah, it was. I felt I felt for the players a little bit. The, uh, it was it was warm, and of course, when you're on that turf and there's the black there's the, the, the black rubber in there, it's even warmer when you're out there running around. So um, that that certainly um, that certainly impacted the pace of the game. Uh, but I, I was still encouraged by the performance of the, the all of the players and mm-hmm. and the way that they were they approached the game. Um, it's really exciting to see their progress over just a few weeks of training and uh, after having a a summer really four months off and and the progress that they're making and now that's it's always seemed to me that's almost one of the problems with soccer at unbc is there's no preseason games is there yeah well we can have some preseason games but of course we're squeezing them into yes. a very short period of time so you either sacrifice training or you sacrifice those exhibition games and mm-hmm. You know, we had, I think we had two and a half days training before we played our first exhibition game. So this year we decided to play the games and, and grow through the competition instead mm-hmm. of having an extra week of training. Um, and, you know, it, we've done we've done okay with it. It's, uh, because normally our season doesn't start for at least a week or two weeks later. So we yeah. have more prep time. But this year it's been very condensed. And, and I think those teams that are together um, during the summer, mm-hmm. were like Trinity Western, Trinity Western play essentially as a group in what they call BC League One, mm. which is kind of a, a, um, a pro-am league in British Columbia during the summer, and that group plays together as a team called Unity. And uh, so they've been together all summer, and we that was really our first, you know, our first truly competitive game in four months. So obviously I'm thinking then after the game, uh, after the game against Fraser Valley, Sit down, watch the videos. What were what were some of the good points that you saw even during the games on the weekend? Yeah, well, even I mean, on Friday night against you know a top team yes. in the country, um, we were we were attacking, we were building up the way that we wanted to. Of course, we made some mistakes, but that's going to happen when you're a young team. We had three first year players mm-hmm. in the team and and uh, three second year players, um, so we're going to make some mistakes. But in our build up, we 
stayed consistent to what we wanted to do, and then we created some attacking opportunities. Um, and then from there, it's just about you're not really training much between the between the games. So it's about how much improvement from the video and from uh, the information that they they get from themselves, from one another, reflection, and they grow in the second game. And I thought that was massive as far as their defending and their and their attacking. Yeah, and they scored. Yeah, and we and we scored. Yeah, um, and we had uh, you know we had several other chances that we could have really. Uh, could have really put Fraser Valley under under pressure um, early, but that's the that's the game of soccer. Um, and they scored they scored late in the game to mm. make it to make it three one when we were pushing forward. And um, so it was, you know, it was it was a really tight game. And really proud of the players as far as the, their approach to both games. And now I'm guessing then to some extent it's kind of nice for you because you got this weekend off to again work with the team on what you saw over the weekend and everything before you go on your first road trip to what will probably be some more hot spots. <laughs> yeah, um, and potentially smoky spots oh, as well. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see what it's like in a week and a half. Yeah, Kamloops and then Kelowna, um, two, two really tough teams. Um, TRU made it to the uh, semifinal of the conference uh, tournament last year and had a really good run, and they're kind of built for for playoff, playoff soccer. And then um, UBC Okanagan, just a really good um, soccer-playing team and a really tough one to figure out. So we'll be setting a lot of tape on, on mm-hmm. them. Hopefully we can have some, some cooler weather blow in. That's what we'll be crossing our fingers for. And probably also have some cooler weather blow in locally so that you can... Because I'm, I'm thinking when the weather was like, not so much today, maybe yesterday, it would have been tough to practice. Yeah, we practiced early in the morning outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We planned on we planned on two practices yesterday, and um, we practiced outdoors when it was it wasn't too bad. Eight o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. <laughs> always my plan because I'm not a big fan of the heat either. <laughs> so I feel really bad for the players. And then we came indoors in the afternoon. In fact, the smoke picked up in the afternoon. We were inside. The men were training inside, I and mean, we were so fortunate to have the Northern Sports Center yeah. to be able to as a as a backup to train training. Now, how tough is it to convince uh, university students to be up for an eight o'clock practice? <laughs> they've been they've been fine during the during the winter, Alan. We we practice at six thirty a.m. for two two mornings a week, so eight eight o'clock in the morning. They're loving. Man, yeah, they're thinking I get to sleep in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Spoiled them. I spoiled them at eight o'clock. Yeah. Now, was the, were there any? Especially of the new players, were there any of them who really sort of stood out in the two games on the weekend? Yeah, I mean there was there was a number of um, players in their first, second, third year. Mm-hmm. I mean even our, I mean our, our true fourth year player eligibility wise, there's only um, there's only a few. And Claire Turner did exceptionally well as our mm-hmm. target player, as our oldest one of our oldest players. Mm-hmm. But then our first years really did well. Um, you know we've got. Um, Serena Jagpal, who came in and played a major role within our team on the weekend in that center and midfield, and mm-hmm. as a first year, grew through it and managed it uh, exceptionally well. Really happy with that. Thea um, Cameron and Malia Fernie both started on the on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Both Thompson Okanagan players, and you know, for coming in and you know, it's baptism by fire yes. when you're playing Trinity, Trinity mm-hmm. Western in your first game, and they were they did a great job. Okay. Neil Sedgwick, coach of the UNBC women's soccer team. I'm sure we'll be talking as the season goes along. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Alan. Okay. Talk to you later.
And we are going to take another quick break and be back with the final portion of Post to Post in a moment. The annual kickoff event for your Prince George Symphony Orchestra's new season hits Late Late Tanae Memorial Park Sunday, September 10th. Featuring a lineup of great popular music, Pops in the Park will include an artesian market, food vendors, kids' activities, and more. Visit pgso.com for more details. In case of rain and heavy smoke, the whole event will be moved to the Civic Center. So join the Prince George Symphony Orchestra, rain or shine, at the Pops in the Park, Sunday, September 10th, from 11 to 4. Learn about dementia from anywhere by participating in the Alzheimer's Society of BC's live Wednesday webinars. Find out about what to expect as the disease progresses and how you can manage changes as they happen this afternoon from 2 to 3. Registration and more details are available through the webinars section at alzbc.org. Mapping your journey, stages and progression of dementia, 2 to 3 this afternoon from the Alzheimer's Society of BC through alzbc.org. Holy smokes. We're into our last segment yes. already. So fast, so soon, yes. And we still got, have plenty to talk about. You were already why, why talking. Don't, why don't all of us start talking about different things at the same time? And then we'll get <laughs> it all in yes. in two minutes, yeah. and we can leave early. Yes. Yeah. So you've already talked uh, women's soccer, UNBC, yes. uh, both men and women playing at home this weekend. Yep. And uh, no one coming up with wins. No. The uh, women, of course, losing to Trinity Western. But four tough teams that they were playing. As yeah. know, Cedric was just saying, Trinity Western probably going to be ranked two or three in the country and when then, the first rankings uh, come out. University of Fraser Valley beat them 3-1 yeah. three, uh, three on yeah, Sunday. Close game, that one. And yeah. heat, a lot of heat, he said, which, again, the players for Fraser Valley are probably a little bit more used to that than oh, could our be, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, the UNB, the men, the, the oh. men they were up tough against UBC. Oh, yeah. Four nothing, they lost on Friday, and then uh, what was the final? There? Five, five nothing. Five nothing on Sunday. Yeah. So, not and looking good uh, against tough the one. tough teams. Yes, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, might be a better idea of what they where they stand this weekend. They're on the road, Trinity Western, um, for a pair of games, and then Thompson Rivers University is up here September eighth and tenth, and ah. the women are off this weekend and then as Neil and I were saying they actually when Thompson Rivers comes up here for the men to play the women go down to Thompson Rivers to play there and then go over to Kelowna to play UBC Okanagan maybe depending on what the heat is uh, depending on what the smoke is like yeah so we'll have to see on that yeah we'll have to check that yes. out uh, we got what's it Judo, you said, or Taekwondo? Taekwondo. Taekwondo. Yes. Big shout out to yes. uh, to Jenna Hamel. She is 18 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, she works at Family Taekwondo, or the practices oh, Taekwondo yeah. there, and uh, made Team Canada. Wow, she yes. made Team Canada. So she is off to Finland for a uh, September 4 to 10. So it's quite a wow. long uh, yes. event, and she's in the sparring events. So okay. uh, she'll get some some real fights in, yeah, and uh, yeah, representing Canada in uh, in that ra- rather uh, dramatic yeah. sport. It's fun to watch. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Taekwondo they've got the two different events, right? They've got sparring and forums. I believe so. Yeah, I be- yeah, and I don't think you have to do both. No, and the forums is almost more like the what the compulsory figures used to be. Yep. Figure it's, skating, it, 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 perfect parallels. Yes. Figure skating, yeah, yeah, except that. They can't the compulsory figures. 
at the Olympics, I believe. Oh, yeah. Now. It's uh, just I know. go out there and give her. Yep. But, yeah, no, good for Jenna. Yeah. We'll see if we can catch up with her when she gets back. I'm I'm ge- I'm guessing she's going to gather some some new professional and personal development yes. over there. Yeah, I think I was reading it's a 41 person Canadian team. Yeah, it's a big and team. Only three from BC. Wow. I know, that surprised me because usually they come BC we're used to beating people up. <laughs> but of course they oh this is that's right though this is taekwondo there's Alan's just it's not talking, hockey fights. Yeah, Alan's just talking about beyond being on the receiving end. He's, yes. He's just used to that. Yes. <laughs> now Reg, you were talking a little while ago about baseball. Prince George Senior yes. Men's baseball. And it's uh quite the event because it's a triple knockout mm-hmm. uh final that yeah. they do. And the uh, interesting thing is that the JRJ construction Orioles lost early on to Fresno Construction Mariners in their uh, first loss. Right. But now they came through the B-side and have come through with back-to-back wins against the Mariners. (laughs) 3-1 last Thursday. And then uh, on Monday, a game that I caught uh, most of, 8-5 the final. (laughs) They were actually up 8-0 at one point and then uh, held on as as it went through. Um, So that bounced... The Orioles, after being undefeated through the A-side, bounced them down to the C-side where they had to go up against the PG Plumbing and Heating Tigers who were fairly well-rested, but mm-hmm. it didn't matter. The Mariners managed to come up with a 2-1 oh, win last night. Man, it's that, that must have been a... In, in Prince George Senior Baseball, that is well uh, uh, an anomaly game. That's... Defense to be so prevalent. Well, defense or pitching. Yes. I, I could imagine well, it being a, just a great is, yeah. pitcher's battle as yeah. well, right? Well, we noticed that as well in the fastball playoffs. Mm-hmm. Some really low-scoring games there as well. Which is, like there was at least one, yeah. two, to one fastball, score there. That is crazy. crazy. Yeah. 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 But that shows just the caliber of play, yeah. how they really step it up in the playoffs, right? Yeah, all the well, all I, the players show up when, when the playoffs happen. I think, I think some of it as well is they can now see the finish line. Like, they know we've only got one or two more games, and then we're done for yep. the year. You can marshal so your pitching much, yeah. much more effectively. and yeah. uh, You don't save a pitcher for tomorrow is the same yeah. goes. All right. So right, this exactly. uh, this yeah. is, uh, I think, the first time since they've started imp- using this triple knockout where mm-hmm. it will actually be a true, true. triple oh, knockout. Okay. Which I think is ridiculous. Because, <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, because now you have uh, the JR, uh, JRJ Construction Orioles yeah. who have two losses. Right. Against the, is that right? No, I think the, they the, only have one. The Orioles loss. have one, one loss. Oh, sorry, the Orioles have one loss, but yeah. it's to the Mariners, right? And Fresno Construction Mariners have two losses, right? And so, one of which is to the Orioles, right? Well, two of them are to the Orioles. Oh, yeah. the, so Orioles the Orioles are, are the only team to beat. So them. the or- well, and this is why to me this is ridiculous. So the well, the, the Orioles, Orioles if just the Orioles win, win, they win. They, they win they exactly. Great, that's awesome. But the Mariners but have it, to beat the Orioles twice. Yeah, if you're the Mariners. That's, that's but that's ridiculous. perfect because you've actually played this team now forty-seven best times. Of, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's basically become a best of five. Yeah, right. Yeah, so they have to beat them. That that uh, give them that third double loss. knockout. Yeah. Call it a day. Yeah, ah, and yeah. and the Orioles were the team with one loss. I'm trying to keep track of this. They have two losses, I think, but only oh. one to the Mariners. Well, no, because if they've got two losses. 
then they would lo- they'd be out with their next loss. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, no. So they've only got one. Yeah, yeah. So they've only they only have the so one. They've so got, yeah. they've got the advantage going into the next game. But the question is, they can rest a pitcher if when's they need the to. game. Well, uh, when's the when's the the next game? Next yes. game is tonight. Yeah, seven o'clock. And if and needed, if necessary, and that's at Field, City Field, whatever they're calling it these yeah. days. Yeah, the so, big stadium in town. Exactly. So and go then, out and watch. This is then good tomorrow baseball. evening, uh, oh. seven o'clock, if needed. Yes, and that'll that'll be it. Good. Yeah. Okay. Now another sport thing. Well, that I, I was just going to ask Frank okay, one thing. I don't know if he knows. Very quick. But a lot of times with the Senior Men's Baseball League, you have some young, it's talented just the Senior League. It's not the Men's League. Sorry, the women are welcome. Well, that's true. It's yeah. just what it says in the title. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Prince George Senior Baseball League. A lot of times you have young players who are up and coming and playing uh, school ball south yep. and down south. And a lot of times you get into that last part of the playoffs and you lose some of those players. Yep. But the flip side is their season in school mm-hmm. ends – later than our season begins so well sure you get them early we right no, off what, the, uh, no what i'm saying is you have to start the season and play without the players mm. who in reality are your oh, best right, players yeah. right you got right. some 19 year old uh, you know the, well yeah. but that's you know. my question is have the or have the mariners who in uh, for the most part were a very young team are a very young team did they lose some? I don't think so. No? I think the Mariners are just generally a really good team based on Prince George players because they are the players. And that's not entirely true. I mean, they've got Chase Martin, who mm-hmm. is you know, an exceptional player, and he will be gone now. Okay, yeah. so that's the guy they're missing and, then. And okay. he because is not that, only a that, good batter, but also by far their best pitcher. So that's what I'm saying is that's part of the reason – that all of a sudden you've got the Orioles who've come back and won two in a row and are on the verge of winning again, repeating as champions. Yeah, because the Mariners are are losing. They've they're missing one. They're of their missing top, at least okay. one of their at top least players. one of their top. But players. they have a really strong core of players well, sure. who are twenty which to means twenty-two it's gonna, years which means old. It's going to be a great game tonight. It is. We got I'm about a minute to go, and there is something okay. else we That's have it. to talk right. about. Hang on, here. bring it on. The Prince George Kodiaks football team, two and two now. Two and oh, two wow. won their second game of the season, and it was a so they're already ahead of last season because they only won one game last year in ten. They're now two and two. Brady Harper, who was the conference special teams player of the week a couple of weeks ago, kicked a field goal with no time left on the clock to beat the Vancouver Island Raiders seventeen to fifteen in Nanaimo. The bad news, to some extent, for the Kodiaks, is they got this weekend off. Just when they got some week. momentum. Yeah. Hmm. Then they play the Langley Rams in Langley on September the 9th, and then the Rams are up here on September the 16th. Wow, that'll be good. Yes, and then a couple of weeks after that, the Clayton-Lay Kodiaks right. will be hosting the Okanagan Sun. I don't know if the Okanagan Sun are changing their name for that or not. I haven't seen anything. We'll check on that. We'll see. But uh, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks to Frank and Reg. I'm Alan Wishart signing off. We'll be back with you next Wednesday, 1 o'clock for Post to Post. You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFIS-FM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.